It's good to be here this morning. And um, it's just good to be here in Arizona, man. I tell you what, it's a dry heat, but I love it. Amen. Somebody said, I'm from Kansas City, man, and you're just sweat and sweat. I told my wife, look, when we retire, we're coming here. I, I, lo- I love this place. It's so beautiful. And uh, you have a beautiful fellowship and such friendly, and just everybody just looks so chill. Just look chilled out, man. It just looks like y'all don't have any stress in your life or anything. Everybody just coming in looking all chilled out. I love, I just love it. I love, I love the people of God. I love the fact that one day we're going to all be in heaven just chilling out with God and having fellowship with him. Isn't that a, and that's good news, amen? And young people, I'm, I'm a youth pastor by, by call. My, my wife said I'm a bus driver by trade. And... Uh, <laughs> Uh, but I, I've been speaking to young people for a long time, so if you're here this morning, I'm going to be kind of aiming at you, so uh, buckle up. But young, but uh, adults and parents, we want you to listen to. And in fact, if you're a grandmom or grand, grandparents, you want to pray for your uh, grandkids and, and about the call that God has on their life. And so this morning, we're going to be talking about that. We're going to be talking about the, the title is the, the Kind of Person God Chooses. And sometimes we don't think that God looks at a young person and chooses them, but God does that. He, he looks at us and he chooses us. It doesn't, it's regardless of our race, creed, or color, or where you come from, your economic background. God looks at us and he loves us and he chooses us. And so that's what we're going to be talking about this morning. And uh, in fact, I want you to just put on the screen the, the premise this morning. It's by Os Guinness, and this is what he says. He says, a sense of calling should precede a choice of job and career. And the main way to discover your calling is along the line of what we are each created and gifted to be. So instead of you are what you do, calling says do what you are. Calling says do what you are. And what we want to do this morning is unwrap that idea. What we're going to do is go to to the book, if you want to turn with me now, to the book of Luke chapter 1. We're going to look into the book of Luke this morning and try to unwrap that idea as we look at two very interesting calls in the book of Luke. There are two calls that are contrasted with one another. There is a call to Zacharias and his wife Elizabeth, and then there is another call to Mary, uh, the young virgin. And I guess you could also say also to Joseph. If you look at the book of Matthew, uh, there's a focus on Joseph's life as well. But we want to look at the contrast here because what we have in this book is the elderly Zacharias and Elizabeth. The Bible says they were stricken. They were old. I think for a teenager, as we were in grade school, we were looking at our teachers, and they were only maybe 24 or 25, but we looked at them and said, man, they're old. But the Bible says that, that uh, Zacharias was old and that Elizabeth was stricken, meaning that she was beyond her childbearing bearing years. And Zacharias was a priest. He was from the, the tribe of Judah. He was from Jerusalem, the big city. And he was trained in rabbinical law. <clears throat> he had a lot of experience in his life. He had a job. He had a place of employment, ministered in the temple. Contrasting his life is Mary. Now, uh, many theologians say that 
young people would get married at age 13 and 14. Can you imagine that? Your daughter, please, you want to marry marry my daughter? No, no, it ain't going to happen up in here. I mean, could you imagine young people? You know, you're 13 or 14 years old. I mean, they would get married at that age, and some of our parents and our grandparents got married at age, what, 15 and 16, and it's kind of unbelievable to us, but they were so mature. But uh, it's interesting, but she was just a young lady. She, was, she didn't have a job. She probably just worked in the home. There, were no, there was no, at that time in biblical history, there was no uh, formal training for a young person, especially religious training. And so the only training that she received was in the home which is fine, but you see the contrast versus, you know, how she looked and then how it was contrasted with this priest. And the reason why the Bible does that is because they received the same call from the same God through the same angel. The Bible says that Gabriel, the angel of God, showed up to Zacharias inside the temple, standing on the right side of the altar of incense, And said to this man, your prayers have been heard and you are going to have a son. You and your wife are going to have a son. His name is going to be John and and he's going to be the forerunner of the one that you've been waiting for, Jesus Christ. Now, Zacharias didn't believe this and the Bible, if you go and look at this part of the first story, the Bible said that Zacharias didn't respond by faith. In fact, Zacharias, who should have, he understood all of the law. He was a priest, but he didn't respond by faith. The Bible said he was mute. He couldn't speak for nine months until the baby was born. Now, but what we're going to pay attention to, though, is Mary's call. The same angel came back six months later and came to Mary. And we're going to pick it up in Luke chapter 1, looking at verse 26. We're going to look at three things. Number one, we're going to look at how she was surprised. And sometimes when God calls us into ministry, we are surprised because we don't think we have the qualifications. Number two, she was selected by God, by the grace of God. And then number three, she surrendered to the will of God. Number one, Surprise, number two, selected, and number three, surrendered. Let us pray together, and then we'll start, okay? Father, we thank you for your word, and we thank you, God, that uh, we get an opportunity to fellowship and singing and worship and praise and giving of our time, talents, and treasures to you. And Father, I pray right now that you would help us as we look into the word of God, that you would help us to think with our minds clearly, And help us to see and to hear and allow your Holy Spirit, Lord God, to speak to our hearts and especially to our young people. In Jesus' name, and the whole church said, amen. So first of all, there are three things I want you to understand how this angel, and sometimes, you know, you got to understand, sometimes we picture these little angels, these, you know, these little Angels that go around shooting people with a little arrow, you know, for love. You know, little, little nice little bottoms, and they're just flying around, these little cute little angels. I think more so what we were looking at was like a warrior that showed up in the temple. And that's why the Bible said that Zacharias was in fear when he saw this guy. 
And you got to imagine how this same angel came back and he shows up in Mary's bedroom. First of all, first response, 911. <laughs> There's this dude and he's huge, man. And he just looks like he's like fierce. And he's up in my room and I don't, I, he ain't my uncle. He ain't my cousin. He ain't my, hey, I don't know him. And the Bible says that the angel starts to speak. He didn't say, my mama let me up in your house. No, he didn't say that. He just starts to speak. Okay, you getting the picture? Here's what he said. Now, the Bible, now let's start at verse 26. The Bible says, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee named Nazareth. To a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the descendants of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And coming in, he said to her, greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. Now, she's still in shock, right? And he's just talking to her, and he's saying, the Lord is with you, girl. And, and number one, you are favored. God looks at you, and he loves you just the way you are. You don't have to look like a Barbie doll. You don't have to get a tan. You don't have to change the way your hair look. You don't have to change the way you talk, or the way you walk. God looks at you. God looks at you and says, I love you just the way you are. The Bible says, look at her response. Look at verse 29. But she was what? Very perplexed at his statement, and she kept pondering what kind of salutation this was. Now, I can understand that because when people look at us and they say, you know, you're just fine. I love you. You're cool. You're great. Just the way you are. And sometimes we can't receive that because all of our life, I don't know about you, but there are a lot of people who look at us and for no reason at all, they'll say, you'll never make it. You'll never amount to anything. You don't measure up. You don't have the skills. You can't do this. You can't do that. You can't. You can't. You can't. You can't. But here, the Bible says, got a message from God. God is saying, love you, love you, love you, love you. Just the way you are, just the way you are, just the way you are, and just the way you is. Does that make any sense to you? You don't have to change. You don't have to change. Let me do the changing. Amen? So that's the very first message that you get. Now, let me, let me and some of you guys... You know, I can just tell you a brief story about my, my own life and that, now, you got to understand, we have, there's eight boys and four girls in our family, big family. My father is from a place I cannot find on the map. It's called Monroe, Arkansas. Can't find it on the map. I'm serious. And he talks kind of like this. My name is Michael, but he calls me Maka. <laughs> and when he would call me, even though that was strange, I would say, uh, because I was kind of like afraid of him. He's a little bit smaller than me, but you don't play with him. He worked at a leather factory, and there was always a fresh supply of leather belts in his closet. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. I'm just telling you the truth. I'm not exaggerating or anything like that. We had a fear of him. And, and all I wanted, now, now here I am now. I'm, I'm, I'm growing up now. I'm 20 years old. I get saved at age 20. I go off to college at the University of Kansas, the number one basketball school in the world. I forgot where I was. I'm sorry. I had a, huh. I, I, I'm sorry. But anyway, <laughs> I go off to the University of Kansas. And here I am. I'm a Christian now. 
on the campus, and all I'm thinking about, you know, for the most part, when I'm thinking about my dad, I realize the fact that my dad has never really told me that he loves me. I mean, he works hard, but my father never told me that he loved me. And so one day, man, I think I was like a sophomore in college. My dad came to pick me up, and uh, I was driving. He was in the driver's seat, in the passenger seat, and uh, I got enough courage to tell my dad that I loved him. And I said, uh, and we called him Big Baby because he wouldn't let us call him Daddy. And I said, Big Baby. He said, oh, Mara, uh, yeah, Michael. And I said, I want to tell you something. He said, oh, Mara, oh, yeah. I said, I want you to know that I love you. And he said, oh, Mara, uh, Mara, Michael, I want to tell you I love you too. I said, scary. I mean, I almost ran off the road, man. My daddy told me a 22-year-old man, that he loved me. And that just, man, that just made me feel so good. But how many of us are in here today, all you really want is acceptance from your parents, or you want acceptance from someone that you look up to, or someone that you like to be with, or your friends, or your grandpa, or a teacher, or whatever it is, we really want what? Love. And here you have a messenger sent straight from heaven. And what does he say? Girl, you need to get yourself together first. You need to straighten up. You need to go get your hair did. You, you too pale. You, you need to go get a tan. No, you need to, no. All he says is, number one, you are highly, not lowly, but you are highly what? Favored. And God loves you. And he's with you. Young people, I don't know who's telling you Crazy stuff. But this morning, the good news is that you are highly favored in God's sight. And he loves you just the way you are. And he has a plan for your life. And sometimes you might be, you might feel like Mary, who was perplexed. She was like, dude, are you talking to me? Yes, I'm talking to you this morning. I don't know what your background is. I don't know where you're from originally. I don't know what side of the tracks you come from. But God says, he looks at you and he says, I love you. I think she was perplexed. I think she was surprised because of her humility. Number one, I think she was surprised because of her humility. You know, I, I think she was just an ordinary, typical teenager. If she was in today, she'd be watching Disney. She would be texting. She'd be on the phone. She'd be like, looking for Justin Bieber and, you know, the swoosh, you know. And anybody that had the swoosh, she'd be like, oh, he's cute. Oh, he's cute. Y'all know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I think she was just a regular person. You know, um, Moses and David, the Bible says, that God called them while they were caring for sheep. Bible says that God called Peter while he was just fishing doing ordinary stuff. And sometimes we think that we got to be like, you know, fasting and praying for 40 days before we hear from God. But God, you know, you got to hear this music, special music from heaven. Oh. But no, why are you doing stuff like taking out the trash, teen major? Amen. Some of my parents say amen. <laughs> why are you cleaning up your room? Why are you doing your homework? Why are you walking down the hallway? Listen, because God could be trying to get your attention. 
I remember even when I wasn't a Christian, I knew God was trying to get my attention. I knew God was trying to speak to me. And many of you are here today, you're like, you're trying, you're, some of you are trying to push God out of your mind because you know he's speaking to you. And you got other kids trying to say, man, you need to come over here with me. You need to do this with me. You need to go here. This is the agenda. But God, you know God is speaking to your heart, but you're trying to crowd him out. And you need to start listening to what he's saying. I believe she was humble. I believe, secondly, she, had, she was surprised because of the honor. Because it was an honor for God to speak. Amen. She realized it was honor. Here's what he said, verse 28. And coming in, he said, greetings, listen, favored one. The Lord is with you. And he said, greetings, favored one, which means richly blessed. The Lord is with you. Divine presence. I don't know about you, but that's one of the greatest things that I love is that God's presence is with me everywhere I go. And everywhere you go, God is with you. You can have him everywhere you go if you want him. Divine presence. She realized that the angel wasn't setting her up. He wasn't setting her up. You know, here's what we have to do is that if you're trying to get someone to respond to God, you know, we try to set people up. We try to flesh them up. We try to tell them things like, you know, you, especially you see this on American Idol. Yeah, I know what I'm talking about. Some of these singers that get up there, man, I don't watch it for the contest, but I watch it for those, bleep, those bloopers, you know. People get up there, and, and, and <laughs> they're like, okay, sing. Who told you? Who told you you could sing? My mama told me I could sing. My daddy told me I could. My, my friends, they set you up, dude, because you cannot. You can't. And so the angel, he didn't try to flesh, he didn't try to come in and say, you can go on American Idol. No, he didn't try to set her up like that. I mean, I'm going to give you some of these setup lines some of these guys give you. They're kind of corny. But young ladies, guys, I'm sorry. But this is, <laughs> this is one from where Mar I think Marsh used to use this on Lori. Um, <laughs> Baby, you must be from Tennessee because you're the only 10 I see. <laughs> I know it's lame. I know it's bad. That's bad. That's bad. That's not that's bad. That's bad. Oh, uh, here's another lame one. Here's another lame one. Oh, baby, you must be tired because you've been walking through my mind all day. That's real. That's old and lame. But see, I think the angel, now if the angel wanted to use one, he would use one. He would use a biblical one. He would have said something like, girl, you know, only reason why Solomon had a thousand wives is because he hadn't seen you, baby. But he didn't have to do that. You see, God, God doesn't have to puff us up. God, and you know when people are telling you stuff that's not true about you. Right? I mean, you know that. And so the angel didn't come and say a lot of fluffy stuff to try to get her involved in ministry. And that's sometimes, sadly, what the church has to do in order to get people involved. Give them coupons. You know, oh, you're going oh, to be real spiritual now if you come in sack bags and Go build a house for the poor and do this and do that. No, God doesn't say that. You see, here's the thing about it is that once you realize who you're serving, see, once you realize who died on the cross for my sins and your sins, once you realize and you look real close at the passion of Christ and you realize that every whip that went across his back and all that, all that blood that dripped down on that cross 
was for you and for me. Once you understand that he was an awesome God and who died for someone like us. Look, once you understand that, friend, no one will have to flesh you up. No one will have to drum you up. You will come in here, and like the old Indian chief who would come in early on Sunday morning, they would say, well, chief, why are you here so early for church? He would say, me come here. Me sit down. Me think Jesus. And he had the right idea because there is an awesome God who loves you intimately and who loves you eternally. And then one day we get to go and celebrate in heaven together. I can't wait for that, y'all. That just sometimes, that just makes me want to run. I'm sorry, that gets me excited. That gets me excited that I get to join hands with you. There's one day, you know what, <laughs> for eternity, I might get, now y'all might think this is boring, but I get a chance to sit down with you for like 10, 20, 30, 40 years in eternity and sit down and we can just talk and chill and not even have to text. <laughs> Amen. She was surprised because I believe she realized she was serving an awesome God. You know, a lot of us, we misuse that word, I think. Now, this is me. This is my feeling about the word awesome. Because I don't think cookies are awesome. Come on, help me out. Those cookies were awesome! I think the cookies were good. Man, that shirt is awesome! No, I think your shirt is nice. But I think God is awesome. And that's just me. You might disagree, I mean, but I just think, and here's the thing about it. I think she was surprised because she was called to serve an awesome God. Look at verse 31. And behold, here's what the angel said. He said, and behold, you will conceive in your womb. Young people, now track with me now. This is an angel talking to a teenage girl. You're going to have inside of you, and you're going to bear the son, and you will call his name Jesus. He will be great. And he will be called, listen, the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob, listen, forever. And his kingdom will have, listen, no end. You, Mary, are about to be the mother of Jesus, the Son of God. I think she said, awesome. Amen. See, now here's the thing you got to understand. You don't, get the, you don't get the blessings of the house for nothing. In other words, when you come into the house, when God has brought you into his presence, when God has saved you and sanctified you and saved you from sin, when you come into his house, when you come into the church of God, you don't get the blessings of God for nothing. In other words, God has called every last one of us into his presence. He's called every last one of us to serve him and to love him and to bow down to him. Amen? Every last one of us. And so you don't get the blessings of the house for nothing. Eight boys, four girls. My mama said, you don't come up in this house sagging with your pants on the ground, pants on the ground looking like a fool. And you don't come up and listen, you don't come up in my house with your hat on. When you come up in my house, you say hi. You speak to people. I don't know about some of y'all, but we got teenagers who come up in your house and will go past you and will walk upstairs. You don't even know they're in your house. We go into somebody's house. She always told us to acknowledge the 
owners of the house and say, at least say, well, hi there. She said, no, 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 no. You will go to school every day. Monday, Tuesday, all the way up to Friday, you're going to school, plus you will do homework. And then on Saturday, you think you're chilled out, you can relax? No. You think, oh, no cartoons on Sunday until you clean. You grab a mop with one hand, a dust rag on the other, and you'd be like, she was like, oh, no, no, no. That room is first. That room over there. Do the kitchen. Do that. I mean, we were like, we're going to call. We're going to call on you. We're going to go ahead and call. I double dare you to call on something. <laughs> call social services. I'm not going to call. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. And then, look, check this out. Check this out. Then, after you clean the whole house, and she go over there, it's not clean until I say it's clean. I mean, after you go over the whole house, she said, backyard. Oh, man, you go out there, you got to grab clippers. You'd be like cutting hedges. You'd be, uh, you know, we didn't have a lawnmower. We had one of those manual things. <laughs> and you had to do all that. And guess what? We had like, y'all don't have a lot of grass up here. I've noticed you can have like gravel. I guess y'all grab the rake and y'all kind of like, you know. But look, look, after we did the grass, I'm not, I'm not making this up. After we did the grass, my mother would make us sweep the dirt, man. I'm not lying. And I was like, why we got to sweep the dirt, mama? I like clean dirt. I'm not kidding. Because, because you know, look, because you know you're a human eating machine as a teenager. And all that food you consume, man, I'm trying to tell you, billions of dollars of food you know you consume in a year. You know it. And so, you know, you're going to work for that. My friends, we allow things to happen in the church that we would never allow to happen in our own home. You would never allow your teenager just to come in, just plop down and just chill and eat like there's some type of human eating machine and never have any chores, never go to school, never. But sometimes we walk up in the church like someone owes us something. Amen. Oh, I'm going to get in trouble, Miss Lori. I think I better move on right now. <laughs> but here's, here's the thing you've got to understand. Throughout biblical history, there have been many people who responded to the call of God. Number one, Noah was called to build a ship. You think he was surprised? I think he was. And there had never been rain on the face of the earth. You think he was surprised when God said, build a ship, huh? For what? It's going to rain. What does rain look like? You think he was surprised? I think he was. Abraham was called to leave his home for a strange land. You ever been called outside the comfortable convent of where you are and you feel strange? It's okay. Amen. Joseph was called to exercise spiritual authority over his brothers. The dreamer was called to be the leader. Amen. You think he was surprised? I think so. Esther was called to save her people from extermination by the Persians. God calls beautiful people too. The Bible says she was good looking. God can call you. It doesn't matter. The rich young ruler was called to sell his goods and follow Christ. His response was no. You see, no one's going to force you to respond to the call of God. It's totally up to you. And our prayer this morning is that when God starts speaking to you, young people, young adults, it doesn't matter. When God starts speaking to you, you'll at least pause and say, God, you know, 
That's weird, but you know what? I'm going to get on my knees and I'm going to pray, and I want clarity. I want, I want your will to be mine. Samuel, in the middle of the night, was called to replace Eli. In the middle of the night, here's another teenage boy called in the middle of the night. You think he was surprised to hear the voice of God in the middle of the night? He got up, went to Eli. I didn't, I didn't call you. I didn't say anything to you. Went back to sleep. Got up again. You, you, you said something to me. No, go back to sleep. Got up again. It must be the voice of God. When he says, when he calls your name, just say, speak, Lord, for your what? Servant hears. That's a good reply. When you hear God saying something to you, when you say, God, I, I kind of sense you, you call in my life. All you can do, if all you can do is say, Lord, speak for your servant hears. Mary was called to conceive the gospel. You and I are called to carry the gospel to our families, our friends, and our communities. Matthew chapter 28. Amen. So what have you been called to? She was surprised. Secondly, she was selected by the grace of God. Then the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found what? Favor. Grace with God. The word favor comes from the Greek word charis, which means, which means grace or pleasure. That's cool because God says, I have selected you by my grace. And that's cool because God looks at me. And when everybody else looks at me and shakes their head and he says, man, please, you mean you? You mean you used to do this? You used to do that? You used to steal? You used to smoke? You were crazy? You mean God is going to have you get up in front of people and speak? Man, please. I love it because that's what the Bible says. God says favor. That means God looks at you and God gets pleasure. When God looks at you, God smiles. When God looks at you, he says, yes. He says, yes. God looks at you. He says, man, I made her. Man, I, I, when I made her, I threw away the, the mold. Man, when I made her in my image, she's fine. She's just the way. He's just the way I want him to be. All the stuff that you are, guess what? The families that you've been placed with, guess what? The state that you live in, guess what? God knows. And he placed you. Amen. We are connected to God by his grace, not by our talents and our abilities. You know, when you're out on the playground and you're, you're trying to get a basketball team together, who do you pick? The tallest people first. And then some of you all who are kind of like, you're like, man, when are they going to pick me, man, man? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Because we pick people based on what? Their talents and skills and abilities. If you didn't look like you had a crossover, man, I'm telling you, I'm sorry, I'm not going to pick you. Amen? Okay? And so, but God doesn't look at our talents and abilities, man. God picks us by his grace. Let me give you an example. Genesis chapter 6, verse 8. The Bible says, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Exodus 33. Look at this. In, I'm sorry, Genesis chapter 6, verse 8. In Exodus 33, 17, the Bible says, Moses found grace in the eyes of the Lord. In Acts chapter 7, David found this same type of grace. Now, let me clarify something for you in case you're mistaken because you might say, well, these are superheroes. These are super, super duper heroes of the faith. But let me tell you something about their life, and you already know it. Noah had a drinking problem. Listen, Moses had leadership issues, and David fell into adultery. But God used each and every one of them for his kingdom. Amen? If you're here this morning and you don't know Christ, and you're thinking to yourself, well, man, what do I have to do? You don't have to do anything. 
Here's what you got to do. You got to respond to God by faith. Here the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, the Bible says, For by grace you have been saved through what? Faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. It's all about God's gift. That's why it's so lovely. That's why it's so good. What about my identity? The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, but by the grace of God, the Paul says, I am what I am. Amen. Well, what about my needs? 2 Corinthians chapter 9, the Bible says, and God is able to make, listen, all grace abound towards you. And some of you are tired, ready to throw in the towel. Again, it is by his grace. Galatians chapter 1 verse 6, I am amazed, the Bible says, that you are so quickly deserting him who called you by his grace. It's all about God's grace. Amen. So she was surprised. She was selected. And then finally, she was surrendered. Here's what happened. She believed the promise, even though she didn't understand the performance. In other words, the angel said, I'm going to place, you're going to be pregnant with Jesus. Now, you got to understand, in betrothal, in, in engagement period, some of us would hang out big time with, you know, our, our soon-to-be husband or wife. In betrothal, back in biblical times, they would stay far apart from one another, even though it was very, very serious. It was almost like being married, except for they didn't have intimate relations. They didn't know one another. Let me break it down. They didn't sleep together. They didn't live together young people. They didn't shack up, okay? They didn't do that. And so they stayed apart. And so Mary was like, look, Joseph, I'm engaged to Joseph, but I've never had any intimate relationships with Joseph. Joseph lives on the other side of town. I live with my mom and my daddy. Joseph ain't sneaking in the house. So you're saying that I'm going to be pregnant. How are you going to do that? She said, in essence, I'm not giving him something that he can feel so he can know my love is real, Aretha Franklin. (laughs) In essence, she was also saying, I'm not taking him down like Chris Brown. I'm not doing that. I'm not a freak, and and I wasn't born that way, Lady Gaga. (laughs) So look, I'm not doing anything that, that can make that happen, God. How are you going to make this happen? You know what? It's okay to ask God questions. He can handle it. If you don't understand how God is going to transform your life and take you to the place where he wants you to be, it's okay to ask God questions. He can deal with it. You know, I'm I'm, going to be honest with you. Sometimes my daughter will ask me questions and I'll say, because I said so. (laughs) Well, why? Because I said so, because I told you only yesterday. Why do you keep asking me the same question? Anybody, any fathers... I said, told you the other day, we said the same thing. Why do you keep asking me the same thing? (laughs) God is cool with any question you got. You know, but but as long as it's a faith question. You got to understand, Zacharias, who was the priest, who was the elder, who was working in the temple, who was ministering incense, who was from the big city, the tribe of Judah. And when the angel came to him and said, guess what, your wife? is going to have a child. His name will be John the Baptist. He's going to open the door for Jesus. Zechariah said, how in the world is that going to happen? I'm old. Have you looked at Elizabeth? She's stricken. 
That's what he said. Read the Bible. He said, I'm old, she's stricken, meaning that she was beyond her childbearing years. She can't have no more kids, man. And the Bible said, and here's what the response, if you look at the Bible, if you look at the text, the angel got kind of ticked off at, at uh, Zacharias. He said, he said, I am from the presence of God. I come before the presence of the very God that you're ministering this incense for. He said, and I'm giving you this message and you don't believe me? You won't be able to speak until after you have the child. For nine months, you won't be able to speak. So there's a way that you can ask the question in total doubt, in total like irreverent attitude towards God. And there's a way that you can say, well, God, now how are you going to put this thing together? And that's how she asked. She said, well, God, (laughs) how can this be since I'm a virgin? Here's the answer. Look at verse 35. The angel answered and said unto her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. You see, God will give you answers when you ask him. God, he said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And for that reason, the holy child shall be called, listen, the Son of God. And behold, even your relative Elizabeth, God even gives you stuff you didn't even ask for. He said, even your relative Elizabeth has also conceived, listen, in her old age, even though she's stricken, she's six months pregnant. And she who was called barren is now in her sixth month. For behold, nothing shall be what impossible with God. Young people, you serve an awesome God. You serve an incredible God. Amen. As I wind this thing up, let me. She understood, listen, that responding to the call of God is not based on what you do as as much as who you are. Do you understand that? It's not based on what you do or what school you go to. Or because sometimes what we like to do, you know, especially it happens around graduation time. Where are you going to school? If you don't say the University of Arkansas <laughs> or a real short answer, then people are like, yeah, mm-hmm, kind of plain you got. Well, you know, here's what I was thinking about doing. I was going to go down to my mother's house and then stay there for about six months, and then I'm going to go to junior college for a few months, and then I'm going to, you know, maybe transfer over to, you know, the University of Arkansas, and then maybe, hopefully, but if you don't have a good answer for them, they're like, yeah, mm-hmm, sure, sure. You don't have to do that for God. Amen. She understood that responding. See, it's not about what you do. It's about who you are. And who you are is based on your relationship with Christ. She understood that responding to the call of God is who you are. Then she said, that's the reason why she could say in verse 38, this is very important. That's the reason why she could say, listen to this. I am the Virgin Mary. And you know this. No, she didn't say that. She said, I am the bond slave of the Lord. She said, behold, the bond slave of the Lord. She sought out the the lowest thing that she could find on the planet, and that was it. It means slave girl. It means handmaid. It means female servant. It means a maid servant. She found out the lowest place that she could go, and she went there. What about you? You've been selected. I know some of you are surprised, but what about you? Are you surrendered? Amen.
The last thing I want to do is put up on the board is the fact that I want to throw some scripture up on the board. It's uh, John chapter 8, because here's what I want to do as I wrap this thing up. I want you to know that when you respond to God, young people, listen to me. When you respond to God, you might have some hard times. I don't want to paint a, a pretty picture for you because sometimes when we respond to God, we think that it's going to be easy to figure out what God is doing in our life. And sometimes it might get a little hard because the Bible says narrow is the way, straight is the gate, wide is the way that leads to destruction, but straight is the gate, narrow is the way, hard is the way. And it might be difficult for you, but I want you to know it's okay because here's the point I'm trying to make is that I, I believe that Mary sacrificed, I believe she I believe she believed better than Zacharias because, of course, Zacharias didn't respond in faith. He changed his story later, but he didn't respond in faith. I believe Mary believed better than Zacharias the priest. She was a teenager. I believe, in other words, she believed better than the pastor because she responded in faith. Secondly, I believe that she suffered longer than Zacharias. Zacharias, Zachar, he, he suffered for nine months. He couldn't speak for nine months. I believe Mary suffered for 33 years. The Bible, there's many theologians who believe that Jesus was around 33 years old when he died. But you got to understand something. Who knew that the pregnancy was holy? Joseph and Mary. That was it. The church, if she belonged to a temple or a church like this, guess what? Everybody else in their mind was probably thinking, hmm, girl, you were supposed to be with Joseph. What happened to you? Well, and then you, can you imagine her going over to someone and you saying, well, who's the father? Holy Spirit. <laughs> Who? <laughs> Holy Spirit. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> For 33 years, you got to understand that the angel only went to Joseph. The rest of the community was probably saying, mm-hmm. I thought she was a little fast. The reason why I know that is because of all the conversation. When Jesus grew up and, and went into ministry, Jesus constantly had to argue with the Pharisees and the scribes and the religious leaders. The passage that I have on the screen represents that, and then we'll wrap this thing up and we'll pray. Now, this is Jesus talking to the religious uh, Pharisees and the scribes. He says, I know that you are Abraham's descendants, but you seek to kill me because my word has no place in you. I speak what I have seen with my father, and you do what you have, what you have seen with uh, your father. They answered and said unto him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said to them, if you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. But now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth which I heard from God. Abraham didn't do this. You do the deeds of your father. They said to him, here's what they said to Jesus. We were not born of fornication. Were you? Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me. For I proceeded forth and came from God, nor have I come from myself, but he sent me. For 33 years, Jesus had to fight this. Guess what? I think Barry had to fight the same thing. For 33 years. Young people, what I'm saying to you is that when you respond to the call of God, you might have a lot of people who used to hang out with you. 
But all of a sudden, when you say, you know what? Instead of being on Facebook this morning with you, I've decided that instead of being on Facebook two hours a day, I'm just going to get on there for an hour, and the other 20 minutes, I'm going to get in before the face of God. And I'm going to spend time with God. And during lunch, man, I'm not going to talk bad about my teachers no more because I know they don't get paid a lot of money. I know education is a trip. But you know what? I'm going to do my homework. I'm going to do what my mama told me to do. I'm going to be obedient to my parents. I'm not going to lie to them anymore. I'm not going to drink. I'm not going to smoke. I'm not going to chew or go with girls that do. I'm just going to do what my mother and my daddy told me. My friends, listen, let me tell you right now. You will separate the sheep from the goats real quick if you are strong enough to do that. When you decide that you're going to respond to God, you might lose some people. And you might get into a lot of arguments like this. Amen? Let's pray together. But it's all worth it. It's all worth it. Father, I thank you for your word. And I thank you, God, for teaching us your word this morning. I thank you for the patience and the, uh, just the sweet spirit of this audience. And, Father, I also pray for the person who is struggling with doing what you're calling them to do. I pray that you would help them and strengthen them and minister to them and not let them go, that you would continue to bother them until they acquiesce, until they surrender, until they say, like Mary, you're a bond slave. Thank you, God. Thank you for these young people. Lord, we love them. Thank you so much for these young adults. Lord, we love them. Thank you for these parents, these grandparents. Lord, we love them. Thank you for everyone here. And Father, I pray that if there's someone here who does not know you in the pardon of their sin, that, Father, they would receive Christ and realize that, Father, they don't have to change, but, God, you do the changing. Thank you so much. We love you. In Jesus' precious name, and the whole church said, amen. amen.